Welcome to Vedic Living. I'm Ben Collins. In this series of podcasts, Parna Kanokar and I explore ways to utilize the insights of the ancient Vedic rishis to establish a life full of good health, balance, and spiritual fulfillment. This week, Aparna and I discussed the ways in which we can enjoy stress-free eating through the holidays by utilizing the principles and techniques of Ayurveda to inform and improve the eating choices we make. Hello, Aparna. It's good to speak with you again. Hello, Ben. It's great to be here. Good. Well, today we're going to talk about food and stress-free eating for the holidays. It's a, a very timely topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Well, you know, the Vedic tradition is full of references to food and the role that it plays in living a spiritual and healthy life. And one of my favorite passages comes from the Bhagavad Gita. It's in chapter 3. And right around verse 14, there's a bunch of um, uh, verses which talk about the relationship of spirituality and food, and specifically yagyas, which, of course, anybody who's listening to this podcast is well aware of my um, interest and dedication to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And Krishna says, From food, creatures come into being. From rain is produced food. From yagya comes forth rain, and yagya is born of action. Mm-hmm. So the the connection is, um, you know, the Devedas, Devedas are about divinity, and yagyas are the way that we can connect to that divinity. But it it shows um, that it starts at that level, that when there is that connection, then nature is in balance. Rain comes on time. Rain produces food, the food sustains us, and you know we in turn sustain uh, the divine. So yes. there's this wonderful cycle, and and food is such a um, an integral part of it. And absolutely, yeah, and, and you know as as you will explain, you know the connection um, and the attitude about food in India is that you know food is is divine. There's a, it, it holds, I think, in some ways a more special role in that in your culture uh, than perhaps it does for the most most of people in, in the very West. Very much so because, you know, in most cultures we bless the meal before we eat. Right. But in India, in the Vedic culture, we actually prepare the meal for God and then we eat it. So that, you know, we're eating prasad, which is you know, has much more higher vibration than just food that's cooked and then just eaten without regard. So Correct, when you, yeah. If, when you prepare something for the divine, you put so much love into it, you put the most sattvic ingredients in it, and you're, you yourself are clean, physically clean, your body temple is clean, and you prepare it with a certain mental and emotional feeling well, when we have our big yagyas, uh, and I visit uh, India, we always have a couple of cooks come because we have to feed all the priests and everything. So there's a lot of people to be fed. Yeah. But and actually also feeding the Brahmins is one way to negate certain karmas. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. the dana. Yes. So the, um, the cooks are these wonderful ladies from... Um, South Tamil Nadu, and uh, they're very, 
very dedicated to what they do, and uh, their attitude is really they're they're preparing the meal for you know for the deity if it's you know if it's Shiva Ratri time it would be for Shiva, and uh, you know at the end of the the day's yagya the last thing that we do is to offer offering of the food, um, but their but their attitude extends beyond that and. Um, uh, they, they of course have this great conspiracy uh, to feed me to the point of bursting every day. <laughs> That's an Indian thing. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? But but um, one day um, I had managed to finish everything except a little pile of rice on my on my banana leaf, <laughs> and the cook came out of the kitchen and she looked at me and she she tends to apparently think of me as her son, although. I'm 57, so. Uh, but she looked at me and she shook her finger at me and she said, "Finish your rice." <laughs> I said, "But I'm full. I'm full. Please." She said, "Rice is Lakshmi. Yes. Don't waste Lakshmi." Yeah. So it's not that. It's not even that. <clears throat> food is something we offer to the divine. Food is a gift from the divine. Yes, that's and, exactly what my mother says. Yeah. Food is a gift from the gods. You don't want to waste it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And even, you know, in terms of the cleanliness of the kitchen is very important because, yeah. you know, it's it's said in India that the devis and the devas, you know, come into your home in the middle of the night during those very sattvic hours of the early morning. And if it's not clean, they're inclined not to stay or revisit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So but it's it, interesting that it has that. It has that role. And I think there's a lot to be gained. By, um, you know, I don't think we have to make a big deal out of it, but but you know that attitude or that recognition that food is, um, you know, it's more it's more than just entertainment or sustenance. It yes. has a role to play in our spiritual life. Often people don't think about why they're eating or what they're eating. They're just eating to fill their bellies, to quell their hunger, and you know, in Ayurveda, that's. That's you want to have a healthy relationship with food because food is consciousness. It brings consciousness into the physiology. If you eat if you eat meat, you know, you, you get the consciousness or the energy of that dead animal or the tamasic nature of that food. Or if you eat frozen food, you get the tamasic nature. But if you eat sattvic foods like almonds and raisins and ghee and pears and mangoes or drink milk then you are going to be able to get the qualities of those, the high vibrational qualities, sattvic nature of those foods. And from an Ayurvedic standpoint, if we are to experience higher levels of consciousness and bliss, then we want to eat foods that increase our sattvic nature within ourselves. And you do that. One way of doing that besides meditating is by eating sattvic foods. And in the context of the holidays, I just want to say, you know, um, we have a tendency here to just gorge ourselves because it's the holiday. We justify it. And we eat very large portions of very many different foods. And, um, and you know, food is very much part of celebrating, and I don't want to take that away. It's, it's a very universal thing. Food and celebrations go together. Sweet foods go together. In fact, in India, they say... That one of the reasons we serve sweet foods is to remind ourselves of our own sweet nature. The sweet food is a representation of our sweet nature. 
So, um, so how do you make sure that you don't have a stressful times around eating during the holidays? Um, first of all, by being conscious of why you're eating. You know, we don't have to eat because everybody else is eating. One of the basic tenets of Ayurveda is eat when you're hungry and don't eat when you're not hungry. It's that simple. Mm. And, you know, check in with yourself and ask, are you eating to avoid stress? Are you eating to numb yourself from stress, from family or too many things to do or obligations socially? Are you eating to ground yourself? Vata people usually feel grounded after they eat because the heaviness of the food in the belly makes them feel a little bit more settled and on the ground. Sweet foods are pacifying for Vata and Pitta, but they aggravate Kapha. So if you're struggling with a Kapha imbalance, be watchful of how many sweets you eat during the holiday festivities. And I want to say, you know, eating the American way during the holidays, which is huge portions of food with lots of pies and cheesecake and cookies and desserts and big portions of meats can be really taxing to the digestive system. And it can add to the buildup of ama or toxins in the body. So if you're interested in eating well during the holidays and consciously cook some of your own food, um, cook some veg vegetables, cook some vegetarian side dishes. Um, well, it's really about balance too, isn't it? I mean, it I is. don't, you know, I, I personally have been a vegetarian for a long time, but for example, my children, I don't force them uh, to live that way because to some extent, I think we all have a sense of what our body needs Yes. We have to be careful with that. What our body needs in an imbalanced state can be very misleading. So the first goal would be to stay in balance, to come back to our original true nature of balance in the doshas. Then it's very easy to determine what our needs are. But if we're already imbalanced, often we crave whatever we're imbalanced in. For instance, pitta people who should not eat spicy food crave spicy food. Kapha people who really should avoid sweets end up craving sweet foods. So our first goal would be to come into the balance. Mm. Then then nobody has to tell you how to eat because you're, you're making choices from a very conscious place, from a very healthy place. So um, another way I wanted to say to um, make sure that you have a stress-free eating time this holiday season is also to drink hot water with lemon. Um, that's a great way to detox every day and it helps with digestion, small amounts of hot water with lemon. Because there's a lot of agni, when you boil water, there's a lot of the energy of agni or fire goes into it. And when you drink that water, it, it actually enhances your own agni within your digestive system. Does adding tea help or, or diminish that effect? Um, tea is fine, as long as it's, you know, herbal teas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ginger, a sliver of ginger in the hot water with lemon would also enhance your digestion. The whole idea is to enjoy the holiday season, to eat with your family, to celebrate, but at the same time to be, you know, aware that you're not exhausting your digestive system, its capacity to handle the heaviness of the food. Right. Also... I was going to suggest that people try to eat 
at the same time. Have a predictable routine. Often people will starve themselves for the turkey. They're waiting. They'll wait the whole day to eat. And that's not a really good thing to do for your metabolism. So eating every day at the same time, even if you eat small portions while you wait for this big meal, is a great way to create good health. Um, Do you think that's because it, it helps the body just sort of maintain its its blood sugar levels? Yeah, and metabolism as well, yes. Because when we starve ourselves and skip meals, the body goes into starvation mode. It just starts hoarding any fat that comes in. And that's why a lot of people gain weight, even when they're doing these terrible diets and starving yeah. themselves. They end up gaining it back. So the the faster you lose weight, the faster you gain it back. That's why if you do it through the Ayurvedic way where you eat through your cleanse and you eat through a shift in you know wanting to lose weight, you eat through it, but mm -hmm. you eat carefully, you eat certain prescribed foods, then you will not only lose the weight, but you'll be able to maintain it and have a cleanse for the system right along with it. Mm-hmm. So it's all about maintaining balance. It is all about balance, knowing what your imbalances are and learning very simple Ayurvedic tools to fix those imbalances. And it can be done every day by anybody. Now, let's assume that, uh, <clears throat> uh, like probably like most people anyway, uh, they're going to go through and they're going to eat way too much over over the holidays. They're going to go home and... Their mom is going to feed them and feed them and feed them. So it's, you know, it's Monday after Thanksgiving. What can people do to kind of regain oh, their that's, balance? That's a great question. Because you, you know we're going yeah. to go into the holidays with the hope of maintaining balance. Yes. And we may not fail miserably, but we're not really going to succeed as much as we should. Yes. That's, <laughs> so that's why I love this question, Ben. Yeah. So what you can do the Monday after Thanksgiving is you can... Make a simple kitchri mm. and drink hot water with lemon and eat the kitchri for three days. Well, you make it fresh each day, but have it for lunch and dinner each day with some steamed vegetables. So you're nourishing yourself, you're not starving, but you're giving your digestive system a break by eating kind of a mono diet, very easy to digest, nourishing. It gives you energy so you're not, you know, exhausted from going on a semi-fast, and it's not even a fast you're eating, but yeah. you're eating something that's very nourishing while being very easy to digest. That's so a kitchery, for those that may not be uh, aware, is made, it's just it, rice and, and, and with some lentils, right? Yeah. Like a stew. It, it is. Soup. It's very, it's like almost the consistency of oatmeal. It's overcooked rice with either mung dal or red lentils. Mm. Either one will work, but you have to have um, you have to have certain spices in it to make it digestible. And it's quite delicious with a little dollop of ghee. And I think we can include a recipe for this, Ben. Uh, absolutely, think? sure. We'll put yeah. it on the website. Yeah. So, um, so you can do that for three days. It will be a huge shift from all the turkey sandwiches and the gravy and <laughs> green bean casserole, but right. you will feel so good. You will feel good. And the bat see, so the, the one of the ideas behind uh, sort of this Ayurvedic approach is that the body naturally seeks a state of balance if you kind of point it in the right direction. Yes, that's exactly. 
you don't have to do very much. You just realize what the imbalance is and offer it that, the, the principle of opposites that we talked about last week. Right. If you're hot, give it some cooling foods. If your mind is overactive, meditate, take a break, go and be in some green, greenery in nature. The principle of opposites always just, if you understand that one concept of Ayurveda, you've pretty much made it. Good. Also, I want to say, you know, when just on a practical level, when you are feasting with your friends and family, you know, take a smaller plate instead of a large dinner plate and slow down. When you eat slowly, when you chew your food, you will digest it better. In fact, in Ayurveda, they say that your digestion begins in your mouth. The saliva, the enzymes in your saliva start digesting your food even before you swallow it. Mm. So it's very important to eat slowly have reverence and be aware that you're eat, eating and this food will nourish you. It's For me, I, I teach all my students, you know, cooking and eating is one of the greatest acts of self-nurturance. We do it every day. We eat every day. Even if we don't cook every day, we eat every day. So be very, be very clear and aware that what you eat is going to nourish you or it's going to turn into toxins. And when you see food that way, when you view your eating and your food habits that way, you will automatically, maybe gradually, but you will automatically make different choices. Because every spice you eat, every vegetable you eat, has brings its own intelligence and level of consciousness that either feeds you or takes away from you. So I think this would be a good time to talk about the three gunas. Quality. Okay. Yeah. So we have... Sat sattva, rajas, and tamas. So sattvic food is the food with the highest of vibration. It is often, it is the kind of food that often yogis and meditators and Hindu priests eat, that they don't eat anything else but the rajasic food or tamasic food. And I'll sat- tell you, in the, in the Brahmin community from where our priests in Kanchipuram come, um, a number of them, they won't ever eat in a restaurant. Yes. Um, they'll only eat at home. If they go out, the food has to be prepared by Brahmins. Yes. Um, and it's, it's, it's not to be discriminative so much as it is a recognition of the importance of food, not, not only in, in sort of uh, maintaining our you know, physical existence, but the influence that it has on our uh, awareness, as we've said before, and that it's it's seen as this guna, as this sattva yeah. guna as, of, of purity, which is associated with divinity. Yes, and also because they don't know who's cooking their food. Right. And I say this often to my students, you know, you don't know who's cooking your food in the restaurant. You don't know what their state of mind is. You don't know if they're angry because an angry person will put all their angry vibrations into that burrito or whatever it is that you're eating. (laughs) And you don't want that. You want the love, you know, and who loves you more than yourself? No one. Maybe your child or your son or daughter or parent, you know. So cook for yourself. Always cook with love. Don't eat when you're angry. Don't eat when you're stressed out. And don't cook for anybody else when you're angry or stressed out or upset. True. It's okay to not eat when you're upset. In fact... It's preferred that you don't eat when you're upset. Because when we eat when we're upset or stressed out, as we often are during the holidays, there are a lot of social obligations, family issues, money issues. 
we are essentially eating to desensitize ourselves from our feelings. We're not processing our feelings. On top of that, we're not processing this food. And what we, what we have is this buildup of toxins in the physiology and also in the mind and heart, so to speak. Mm. And that is the beginning of an imbalance. And as we talked about last time, then that causes stress. And then we have this pragya parad, and then it just goes into this cycle of mistake upon mistake upon mistake, which eventually could lead to disease. So the rajasic foods, which are more... Uh, stimulating in nature. Yeah, hot, hot and spicy, right? Yeah, ginger, ginger, garlic, chilies, um, alcohol, coffee. Those are all stimulating foods. They stimulate, overstimulate the nervous system essentially and the mind. Onions. Often yogis will not eat anything cooked with um, onions and garlic. Or mushrooms, for example. Yeah, mushrooms. Okay. I well, would say. Well, that's more tamasic, though, right? Yeah. Yes, they're more tamasic, yeah. So I'm not saying we should all now become like yogis and not eat garlic and onion, but be aware, you know, that too much garlic is going to be too stimulating. So I will eat garlic, but I will eat a little less, mm. you know. Mm. So just be aware of that, that we need all three of these qualities, but in varying degrees, you know. And those of us who want spiritual growth and enlightenment and, and advancement in the spiritual realm... A need to be aware of these three qualities, you know. So I just want to give a quick example of sattvic foods, you know, basmati rice, milk from cows that are treated with a lot of love and care, um, almonds, raisins, mangoes, pears, um, saffron is one of the highest vibrational spices. Rajasic foods, I just mentioned chilies, onions, garlic, ginger, um, alcohol of any kind, beer, wine, um, and also coffee and caffeinated teas. Tamasic foods, they kind of create a foggy mind. They create a sense, it, those foods create a sense of inertia in the body mind. Um, frozen food, leftovers, meat, all of those fall under the category of tamasic foods. It's best to avoid them, whether you're on a yogic path or not, whether you're on a spiritual path or not, because those foods are much harder for the physiology, for the digestive system to process. It takes a lot of agni, a lot of energy, and not all of us have strong agni. So then it just remains unprocessed, whether it's in the colon or anywhere else. Sluggish liver, plaque in the heart, in the arteries, so just to be aware that those foods we don't need. By the way, ghee is also one of the most sattvic foods. Uh, and then, how about things like cheese? Cheese would be, because it's preserved, it would be yeah. tamasic, right? But are all things that are preserved, preserved vegetables, pickles, would those still be tamasic? Yes. Well, the Indian kind of pickles are very rajasic in nature. They have a large amount of salt and chili so those those will be good to avoid or if you must eat it you eat it in very small portions oh but that's um, the good stuff i know <laughs> <laughs> so you know in in ayurveda we have we use chutneys as appetizers so you can right. make these chutneys um any kind of chutneys cranberry chutneys with ginger and certain spices like nutmeg and cinnamon if you can find those recipes 
Those are great to make for the holidays because they actually enhance your digestive capacity. Mm. A mint cilantro chutney or a cranberry chutney or a raisin chutney with apples. Yeah. Uh, you know, appetizers in Ayurveda are foods that enhance your ap appetite for digestion, not to have a meal before a meal, which appetizers right. usually are. They're <laughs> well, so to wake heavy. you up, to wake you up, yeah. Yes, right. yeah. Right. right. And um, generally, you know, if you must have all the traditional holiday foods, which most of us will, at least begin your meal with a sliver of ginger with a few drops of lime or lemon juice and a few grains of sea salt on it. Mm. That is a great way to uh, light up your digestive fire. It's a little spicy in your mouth, but it's a very thin sliver of ginger. Right. Very wonderful way. You know you'll digest your meal well. So there are ways you can enjoy the holidays, you know, the Ayurveda way. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. And also, you know, just lastly, I want to say, you know, um, make sure you eat foods from all six tastes. And I think we might have covered those six tastes last time. Let's because, do a quick review. Uh, okay. So salty, sweet, sour, pungent, bitter, and astringent. In the holidays, you know, the tendency is to have a lot more of the sweet food. So make sure when you're eating, when you're filling up your plate, you have some greens. The greens give you the bitter. Mm. Make sure you have a little lime or lemon, lemon for the salty. And of course, salt will already be present in your food. And pungent foods, actually, in this case, in the holiday foods, because they're so heavy, they actually, the heat of the pungency, pungent foods will actually help digestion. So add a little extra black pepper to your food. And any kind of grain, such as rice, wild rice, uh, will give you the quality of sweetness, as will all the desserts. Mm. Um, and um, what did I leave out? Astringent. Astringent quality you can find in, well, persimmon for sure, mm -hmm. which is in season right now, but also any kind of beans. So if you're going to make dips, you know, you can make, a, make dips with certain like white beans or garbanzo beans so you can satisfy that quality within the physiology um, and then you'll have fewer cravings. And everything you eat, bless it, bless it and be aware you're eating it and enjoy it. It's very important, even if you're eating this heavy cheesecake, that you enjoy it. Food is meant to be relished. <laughs> you know, not just, we, we must not eat anything with guilt because that will not be digested properly. Well, with that, with that in mind, I have, um, uh, you know, a, a couple of quotes from the Manu Smriti. Uh, Manu was the, one of the first kind of rule givers. Mm -hmm. um, in the, particularly in the Vedic tradition, and some of some of if you were to read Manusmriti, some of it is is sort of archaic. It really doesn't apply now. But uh, he does say that uh, there is no sin in eating meat or in drinking spirituous liquor, for that is the natural way of created beings. But abstention brings great rewards. So I, I think with the mm -hmm. idea of um, okay, do I have turkey or not? My daughter, when she was young, my daughter has, by her own choice, uh, been a vegetarian for many, many years. And um, one Thanksgiving, she said, no, I'm going to be vegetarian, which, 
you know, I, her usual uh, way to do this is just simply to eat everything except the turkey. Mm-hmm. But we made, but we made tofurkey, mm-hmm. which she hated. It was, it was horrible too. I am so glad you brought this up because that's something I want to address. So Annie said, Annie said, uh, "The heck with it, Dad. I'm eating the turkey." <laughs> <laughs> and you have well, to do it with that kind of attitude. Yes. With kind of the, it's like, okay, hey, listen, you know, you don't have to be perfect all the time. True. Don't be guilty about it. Absolutely. And, you know, it's great that she didn't like it. It makes sense because tofurkey is made with tofu, but it's got a ton of artificial flavors and ingredients in it. And it eventually when you eat a lot of food like that, you know, those lack of real authentic flavor desensitizes your taste buds you get no sense of satisfaction from eating it and you'll develop cravings so it makes sense that she said this is so horrible that i might as well eat the real turkey (laughs) less damage in a way yes yeah and not not you know i'm sure there there are people who like tofurkey but it's not necessarily a vedic food because it's preserved and it's um It's not, quote, natural in that sense. No, and they've, you know, you can get tofu in the the flavor of beef. Mm -hmm. They use soy to create the flavors of beef or pork or chicken. So you feel like you're eating meat, but you're actually eating the soy product. And, you know, Ayurvedic doctors and practitioners don't really approve of that very much at all because it's not a real food. It's, It's been created it's fake and it's in fact they call it fake chicken or fake beef and um, those foods don't do much for our consciousness well and i the guests that have joined me in in india for yagyas uh, sometimes they will they will you know eat varying degrees of meat in their normal life usually it's just chicken and fish but they go to india and the food is so nicely prepared and the i think partly that the flavors are so rich and balanced they completely forget they have absolutely no craving for meat yes. and i think maybe um uh, you know that that tells us something about the way we need to manage our own diet absolutely and that if we're doing it right the thought of eating meat becomes really very irrelevant. Yes. In the end, at the end of every meal, each of us wants to feel satiated, satisfied, fulfilled. Not only our bellies full, but also, you know, when you eat a balanced meal, you have energy afterwards. You don't need to take a nap. You don't need to crash on the couch for two hours. You can right. actually go back to doing things that you need to do. Right. And when when you start eating this Ayurvedic way, when you start experiencing food in this new way you know you will your taste buds will be refined and one of the great things about vedic cooking and cooking in you know eating in india is that they use all these different spices and herbs and flavors that give you such a sense of you know this full flavored experience that you don't need the meat and the lentils that have enough protein and such high quality protein that you actually are very healthy and fulfilled from eating that Majority of my clients sooner or later stop eating meat when they learn how to prepare lentils and beans and quinoa and to, when they learn to use spices. It changes their whole experience of eating and cooking. Excellent. So it's, it's great because you end up having a refined taste buds. And I want to share a very quick story about my son, Ben. 
little mm. Ben, mm-hmm. um, recently uh, was served a piece of Sara Lee pound cake at a party. And he took one bite of it and he said, this is horrible. This tastes so artificial. This is a boy that eats Vedic food every day, all his life for 10 years. And he was, he ended up eating it because he felt he would offend the hostess. And he told me on the way home how horrible it was. And I actually recognized him for his refined taste buds, which comes from, it's a result of eating consciously it's a result of knowing you know that you can go to farmers market and get this fresh seasonal produce and you can cook it and eat it mm-hmm. um so those of you who who have access to farmers markets go to it it's wonderful you know go buy some squash and prepare that for your thanksgiving sure. feast sure. yeah I was just going to say always to remember that food is medicine you know food is not just to make us feel good but it's medicine we we eat every day of our lives from the days the day we're born till the day we leave this body and it's very important to remember that you know the more healthy our relationship to food is the more balanced our doshas are and the more balanced our doshas are the more health well-being and joy we're able to experience and that's why we're here now there is also a tradition of um, you know sort of blessing the food and uh, you know a mantra that is uh, a real favorite of mine, and I think that it, a lot of people will know, but you also repeat it better than I do. So, Oh, thank you, Ben. <laughs> why don't you go ahead and we'll, we'll close with your, uh, with your food blessing. Okay. Om Sahana Vavattu Sahana Bhunaktu Sahaviryam karavavahe Tejasvina vaditamastu mavit vishavahe Om Shanti Shanti Shanti